Today we're talking about the team, guys. And this is just a huge part of what it means to be on the adventure with God. I don't know if you caught the words to the song. It says, I'm not able on my own. I'm not able on my own. You ever felt like that? You ever felt where you literally cannot do this on your own? Since I'm wearing my football jersey, it reminded me of uh, in high school, every once in a while during practice, I don't know, my body would just kind of shut down and I wouldn't be able to do it. And I remember we were doing wind sprints and we had the really hard-nosed coach who screamed and yelled and was crazy and stuff. And you knew you just had to pull it through. You had to do it. And there was one, uh, there was one uh, practice. It was a Monday, probably had a little rough weekend. Yeah, but it was a Monday and uh, my body just would not work. And it was time to do the wind sprints. And I literally could hardly even go the first one. I was way behind everybody else. And the second one, it was crazy. I was just on my knees and I was breathing hard. And my buddy Dave Lane was standing next to me and the coach blew the whistle to go. And Dave just grabbed my jersey, grabbed me right here. And he just pulled me. And he literally got me through those wind sprints on that day because I couldn't do it myself. And the reality is, you guys, we can't do this life on our own. We just can't. We're not even created for that, as we'll talk for here in a second. And that's kind of the beauty of being a part of a team. I, I don't know, part of being, a, even if you're not good athletically, at some point, I think it's so great for kids to have to be on a team. Because you realize when you play a team sport, you realize we're not going to be successful. The only way we're going to be successful is if everybody joins in. Or, or if you're more into the music crowd too. I mean, when you play in a band or something, you know, I was in the band in high school. I remember it's, it takes every instrument to actually pull this thing off. It's really a beautiful thing. And I, I want to tell you though, when I watched that uh, this week, I just thought, what a great picture of God. What a great picture of God. I, I pictured myself as Rick. You guys ever feel... Do you guys know you're Rick? See, because that's what we've been talking about. This adventure with God. This, this base camp is all developed to help you to know how do you get this adventure with God going. And the beautiful thing is that we, we start off by just realizing there is a great, personal, loving, holy God. And that the adventure is that we actually get to live our lives with him. And I, I love this. Um, and then, because then what we realize is when we came to this sign and we, we realized that here's God saying, I'm here for you, that for some reason all human beings go the other way. I'm just going to recap this every week for us. To remember this issue, that we were over here separated from God, caught up in sin and, and, and having our lives be falling so far short from what God wanted for us. And then Jesus Christ came. And he said, man, I have come to save the world, not to condemn it, but to save it, to bring you back, to give you a new heart, to fill you with my very spirit. I don't know if you caught one of those lines that said this <clears throat> about Rick. It said, for the first time in his life, he didn't feel handicapped. See, I, that's what Jesus Christ does. When you receive Christ for the first time in your life, you can begin to experience, you guys, and this is the reality the reality is that God comes and lives inside your soul to set you free from your sin. To, the Bible says that we are slaves to sin and then he makes us and free. And so for the first time, many people over and over again, you're probably going to hear a story today, unbelievable, that when you come in for the first time, you can feel not spiritually handicapped, that you can finally be who you were created to be. That's the gospel. The good news is, I was off running away. And Jesus came and ran, as I like to say with my story, he just ran faster than me. And he caught me. 
and he rescued me. And then he fills me with his spirit. And then last week we talked about that he gives us a field manual, right? So that we now can know what is really the adventure. I can really know God. And today we're going to talk about this reality that when you receive Christ, you do receive a community. Listen to that. I want you to understand this is really important. When you receive Christ, you do receive a community. You're not alone anymore. You are on a team and you belong to something now that's bigger than yourself. And so when that says together has power, oh my gosh, when you read the scriptures, you guys, and you realize what the Bible teaches us, that when we actually come together and experience the life and relationship like we're supposed to, the power that the Bible says will happen in not, and here's what's, man, I'm getting so ahead of myself, but I'm excited about today. But here's the point. What the Bible tells us is by yourself, you will never experience the adventure with God. The adventure with God is not an individual matter. And I, you guys heard that, right? In fact, maybe you think that. Faith is a private issue. No, it's not. Now, do you have to make an individual decision with Christ and have a personal relationship with him? Absolutely. But your faith is not a private matter. When you receive Christ, you receive a community. And here's a simple way to look at it. Your faith, what you believe, actually drives every action that you do. Everything that you do is actually driven by what you believe, which is your faith. And see, that's why it's not a private issue. Because all of us are experiencing each other because of what you believe. Your belief is what's actually creating your relationships. It's what's creating this church, what you believe. And so it's not a private issue. What we believe is how we receive blessing and how we receive harm from each other. So when you receive Christ, you receive a community. And so I just wanted to bring this up because uh, today... You guys see this? Now, how many of you did not see this last week, this sword? Okay, because you know why? Because I didn't have one in first service, and somebody after the first service brought this for me. So last week, we shared with you that the Word of God is a sword, and it's the sword of the Spirit. So here's what we got. I'm going to pray for you this morning, but before I pray, I want to remind you of this. I'm going to share with you the Word of God. And if you have the Spirit of God inside of you, what He's going to do is He's going to take that Word... He's going to take the word and he's going to wield it as a sword and he's going to divide right, he's going to penetrate right into your soul and he's going to help you know these are your thoughts and these are God's thoughts. So I just want to say, you guys ready for that? You guys ready? Because again, I think I did this as well when I had the prop, is here's the other thing God won't do. He won't go, he just won't do that because he's a God of love. So what he's going to do is he's going to go to every heart, every heart this morning that wants to go, God, I want to know you. I want to be on the adventure with you. I want to experience life to the full. Right now, the sword is going to come. The word of God's going to come. It's going to pierce your heart. And you can walk out of here with a clear understanding of what it means to be on the team. Okay? So let's pray. God, we're going to trust your word today to be alive and active. We know you're here. We believe you're alive. We experience you. We hear your voice through the Holy Spirit. We believe that your word was given to us through you, through the prophets, that it wasn't human interpretation as we learned last week. So God, I'm just asking right now that you take your word and do your work in our hearts so that we can know you, so that we can really truly be on this adventure. And God, specifically, I want to pray for K2, the church. I want to pray for K2, the body of Christ this community right here. Because God, from day one, we said we want to be tight. 
And I just want to say, Lord, we need you. And we need your love and we need your word. And I'm going to ask that today you might draw us tighter together because of the truth. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. All right, so here we go. I'm going to just talk to you about some reality today because that's really what we've been doing. The reality is there is a God who's personal and loving and holy. The reality is all human beings are full with sin and separated from him. The reality is Jesus Christ is the savior of the world who came to take care of everything that was keeping us away from God and bring us back together because he loves you so stinking much. The reality is once you receive Christ, you are absolutely secure. All of your sin is wiped away. You are his kid and you can rest in him. It's a beautiful thing. And the reality is that the very Spirit of God comes and he lives inside of you to be your guide. He comes alongside you every second of every day. Whew, I need that. It's so good. And the reality is he has given us his word as a field guide so that we can know what is of him and what's not. Here's the other reality. I want you to recognize the reality of what happens when you receive Christ. And as I said before, when you receive Christ, you become a community. You have to recognize this reality, you guys. You are, if you're a Christian today, if you've received Christ, you are a part of something amazing. And so the word gives us three analogies to help us to understand what those are. The first one is this, is that you're part of a body. You're a part of a body, okay? 1 Corinthians 12, 27 says this. Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. You guys, I, mean, I, I, I couldn't find a body part to bring up here. That would have been kind of weird, you know. But just imagine that as a prop, all right? So, but seriously, if there's any piece of our body that is taken off and set off to the side, it just doesn't work. You guys, you guys all know that, right? But here's what's weird, is we can come to church, to this new community that we're a part of, and actually not be connected to people and think that our lives are going to work. And I just want to tell you, the Bible says, can I, can I, you need to recognize a reality. You are the body of Christ and each one of you in this room. When I was studying, I can't do it, obviously. Part of me just wanted to get in front of every single one of you individually and say, do you know, do you know, do you know that you are a part of the body of Christ? Now, here's what's cool. And you're going to discuss this this week in base camp. One of the things you understand from that is then you're critical. You're critical. There's not a part of this body right now that isn't necessary to, the, to me experiencing the fullness of life. And so if you sit here, and, you, and that's why I say all the time, you don't go to church, you guys. You are the church. And so, but in America, we go to church. And then we wonder, why am I not experiencing the fullness of life? Well, because if I rip off my, oh, that hurt. Bad gum. Ouch. Okay. If I rip off my finger and set it on the table and it's not connected into the life of the body, it, it's, it could sit there and go, why is this not working? Recognize the reality. You are a part of the body of Christ. And the only way you can ever experience the fullness of what he wants is if you're connected then into the body. And, and not, not, that, not only that, but the rest of us actually don't experience the fullness because the whole body could be intact and then you go to use that finger and it's like, oh, he's not here. Where is he? Now we're shortcome. Now we can't do what we were meant to do. And every one of you is absolutely critical, all right? We greatly, greatly affect each other. A couple other things the scripture says about that is that when one part suffers, we all suffer. And when one part rejoices, we all rejoice. You're part of the body of Christ. Here's a second one. You're part of a building. 
First Peter 2, 5 says this. You also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Now, can I tell you, some of, a lot of you, because again, I know many people here at K2 are just beginning this. You read that, this, the last part of that verse, and you're like, what in the world's all that mean? <laughs> I can't get into that today. That would be a whole other message. But I just want you to see that the other analogy is, if God was going to build, and this actually meant a lot to the Jewish people, right? Because if you remember, the Jewish people always had the temple, okay? And it was the temple where the presence of God was. See, that's what this is always referring to. But there's a whole new temple. After Jesus Christ rose from, after he was crucified on the cross, the veil inside the temple, okay, that separated human beings from the very presence of God, there was a veil, so you could never actually go in there. That veil was ripped in two. To be a symbol now to say, now the presence of God doesn't live in a building. He lives where? In you. He's in you. But here's what's crazy. He's in me, and he's in you, and you. Now, again, if you've received Christ, okay? That's the transaction that happened. When you receive Christ, you get his spirit. So I can look at you and say, Ray Craven, you got the spirit, and I have the spirit, right? And that's beautiful. And my wife has a spirit, and James has a spirit. See, and then what God says is, I'm going to bring you together and build you into a house. And every one of you is a brick that's absolutely essential to that building. Here's a third one. He says you're part of a family. These are our realities, Ephesians 2, 19 through 21. Now you Gentiles, and by the way, how many of you are Gentiles in here? Okay, just wondered if you know what you really are. We all, probably most of us are. If you're not a Jew, you're a Gentile, okay? So now you Gentiles, you are no longer strangers and foreigners. You are citizens along with all of God's holy people. You are members of God's family. Together, we are his house built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, and the cornerstone is Christ Jesus himself. Look at this. We are carefully joined together in Christ, becoming a holy temple for the Lord. You guys, we're a family. You're a family. And you know, I know most of you, you came in this morning, and if I had you look around, you're like, I don't even know any of these people. I don't even know you. Can I just say, with a church that usually hits around 1,300 on a Sunday, I'm not expecting, I don't know, I don't know you guys, you know. But I can tell you this, man. The reality is if you've received Christ, you're my brother. And the reality is if you have received Christ, you're my sister. We're family. We're born of the same Father and born of the same Spirit. So one of the things you have to realize if you're ever going to go on this adventure with God, is you do not go on it alone. You don't. If you are alone in your faith and in your adventure with God, you're actually really not even on it. Because you were created to be a family, a body, and a building. It is critical that you recognize that reality. Now, this week in base camp, you're going to go through a few things. There are so many things that are so great about being a part of a body. Okay, you're going to learn again. You're going to discuss how it is that everybody matters, okay, when you realize that. You're also going to discuss how it is that this is the only way that everybody gets cared for. The only way that the church gets cared for is by the body. And we're going to talk about this is how everybody gets encouraged in your faith. So there's going to be some critical things that we talk about in base camp. But today, what I want to share with you is uh, it's pretty wild, man. I just... I felt this week as I sat down and began to pray, th- these two things that I want to share with you about your reality 
as a follower of Christ, as someone who's filled with the Spirit of God, okay? So the second thing I want to talk to you about today is this, is that this is how you actually discover your reality. It's how you discover your reality. So I got a mirror up here, all right? Now you guys know, right, if you never, ever got to see your reflection, is there any way you would know what you look like? There's no way. Okay, you know, you could take a picture. No, don't go into that stuff, okay? Basically, what I'm saying, though, is if you never got to see this, I would go through my whole life, and I could actually never know what I look like. Now, how many of you would be like, that'd be awesome? (laughs) Wouldn't that take a whole lot of pressure off if you never had to look at yourself? It'd be awesome. So, but the point is, the mirror is what tells me, oh my gosh, there I am. And that's me. And I have to deal with that reality. So, but here's what's crazy, you guys, is the only way that I can discover who I really am is by being in relationship with another human being. The same way a mirror reflects back to me this reality of what I look like, the only way that I can discover who I am as a person is if I'm in relationship with another person. This is how my true heart gets revealed. I've told you, I I actually thought, like, I'm a really good guy. (laughs) How many of you guys thought this? I'm a pretty good guy. And then you got married? (laughs) And you're like, I had no idea how selfish I am. (laughs) And then you have kids. And then you realize, I I had no idea how angry I am. (laughs) Right? I mean, it's like, and what's crazy is, But what we like to do as humans is we like to say, you make me so angry. Do you guys know that's not true? No, you just exposed my anger is what's really going on. See, there is no way for you to know. Are you kind? Are you generous? Are you forgiving? Are you bitter? Are you judgmental? You know, see, you can sit there and think that you're all these things, right? I'm a pretty good person. I'm not. And then you rub up to another human being and what happens? They show you who you really are. It's the only way for you to find out your reality. So let's talk about this. How does this work with God? See, I actually discover if I'm walking with God only through relationships. The only way I can actually know if I'm on the adventure with God is if I'm in relationships. Here's how this works. So the adventure with God begins with what? By faith. You don't work for it. You just believe. You have faith in God and you trust God. There's a great verse here. Galatians 5, 6 says this. The only thing that counts. I just read this in my own personal time with God this week. The only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. Isn't that awesome? Right there. You can just go, got that whole thick Bible, and here he goes, hey, that's great. Here's the only thing that counts. Do you trust God with all of your life? So that's what you did when you were saying, man, I trust you, God. Believe in you. Awesome. Okay. The only thing that counts is that you believe in Christ and that it gets expressed through love. See, so when I walk with God, what he's saying is as soon as I trust God, what's he saying is, the only way you can express that you actually do believe in me is how? By loving. Now, how can I love anybody if I'm all in isolation? 
It, it can't happen. So God calls us and he says, oh, that, well, that's not going to be a problem because as soon as you put your faith in me, I put you in a family and I put you in a body and I built in a house with you guys. So you're all intertwined with each other. Isn't this great? And it's messy. Yeah, you're laughing because it's a mess. And here we are, we're all together in this thing. But I believe in you, God. Awesome. Then love each other. Because that's the only thing that counts is if you're expressing it in love. That's why when Jesus was asked and he would say, the whole law, everything that's in the Bible is summed up in this. Love God and love each other. Love God and love each other. It's the only thing that counts. So, and here's what we find too. In James then, he says this. So faith without action is dead. So he goes, you can go ahead and say that you believe all these things and not do anything with it, or you can actually live it out, and then I'll know that you actually believe it. You see the difference there? So faith without action is dead. So listen to this in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, or 13, on love. If I speak in the tongues of men and angels, but don't have love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. See, now don't miss this. That means you are actually capable of speaking in the tongues of men and of angels, of saying glorious things and being nothing. Listen to this. It gets even better. If I have the gift of prophecy, and if I can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, now, now think, and then he goes, and if I have faith that can move a mountain, but I don't have love, you are what? Nothing. See, I, I tell you, this is one of those verses I have to go back to all the time and just go, you know, it doesn't matter if I give a good message or a bad message. It doesn't matter if I have faith and I believe in God. And then this is, again, where you have to be careful because the Bible says that love puffs up. I mean, I know it doesn't. Knowledge puffs up, but love builds up. See what he's saying here? You can actually have all the knowledge. You can study. Oh, my gosh, we've seen people who know so much about God. And you're like, I just want to run away from them because they don't love. They're nothing. And then... Here's what I want to tell you, man. It is impossible to be on the adventure with God and not love others. Some of you in this room this morning need to hear this. Here's your sword. You actually think you love God. And and you want to. Okay, now I'm going to take that sword and go, stick it right in my own heart. But if we say we love God, but we don't love each other? Listen to this verse. Whoever claims to love God and yet hates a brother or sister is a liar. Just being gentle here. For whoever does not love their brother and sister whom they have seen can't love God whom they have not seen. See, this is what we need to understand as Christians, you guys is sometimes we think we're getting so much knowledge and we're experiencing and, we're, and, and what happens is we get so caught up in working on our own life and making ourselves better and having everything that we need for God that the next thing you know, you think you're on the adventure with God and you have got these huge blinders to everybody around you. Can I, and just to be really gentle, as your shepherd of this flock, when you come here on Sunday mornings, do you see everybody? Do you see everybody? Do you love everybody who's here? Do you know your brothers and sisters are here? Or do we come and we just go, okay, I need to get something from God today. I need to just connect with God today. 
See, if we're saying, I want God, and we're not even aware of each other, we're missing the boat. I think what he's really saying is, you might think you're on the adventure with God, but if you're not loving each other, then we're not on the adventure with God at all. Because the only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. And so what happens is, every one of us is a mirror back to each other because I run into you, and then I realize, am I actually caring about you? Am I actually forgiving you? Am, or am I judging you? Am I critical of you? <laughs> you know, have I, have I looked at you and it's like, oh my gosh, look how you dress. I'll sit over here, right? Or, or we'd make all this, and here's, here's Jesus just saying, oh my gosh, you guys, the adventure with me is I pour my love into your heart and you will love each other. You guys get it? The only way you can discover your reality is to be in relationship. I, I, I don't know how else stronger to say this. If you say the K2, the church, the body of Christ, the family is your church, you have got to take the step to move away from just coming here on Sunday. And you've got to move to being what you are. Enough fingers on tables and foots over here and eyes plucked out saying, how come I'm not experiencing what God has for me? Enough of us as a church missing our eye and missing our foot and missing our fingers. Enough. Let's, we're the body of Christ. And the only way we're going to experience the adventure with God is to do it together. So discover your reality. Are you actually on the adventure with God? I don't know. Do you love people? If you do, you are. Faith expressed through love. And here's the last one. We need to reflect reality. We need to reflect reality for each other. The other important purpose of the church, you guys, is that we need to reflect back to each other the reality of who we are. Now, I don't know about this. When you think about a family, right, and a baby's born into that family, how does a child even begin to discover their identity? How do they begin to even know who they are? How does it happen? Mom and dad. And, and God forbid you have brothers and sisters, right? And brothers and sisters and mom and dad. But it's a beautiful thing. God created this institution called the family to say, I want you to grow up in a safe, secure, loving place so that as you grow up with a mom and dad who reveal my love and my truth to you, you discover that you're valuable and that you're important and that you're loved and you get secure, right? But what happens, unfortunately, is we grow up in families with parents who are human, right? And that's why all of us know we're all going to see our kids in counseling someday because all of us are human and we just wonder what it's going to be for, you know? So here's, here's the reality. The way that you get your identity is because other people reflect back to you and they say, you're awesome, you're beautiful, you're a loser, you're ugly, you're fat, you're awesome. You know, you see what I'm saying? And then you grow up with that over and over again and all of a sudden that's what you think you are, the church is supposed to be a body of people who reflect back to each other the truth. You know what? See, the problem is most of us have looked into the mirror and had relationships with human beings and the mirror has been a circus mirror. <laughs> and so we've looked in front of the mirror and said, hi, mom, and she's like... <laughs> and you look at yourself and you're like, oh, man. Or you, or you stand in front of the mirror and you go to school, right? Because then all of a sudden mom and dad don't really matter and then, God forbid, friends start to matter and siblings and classmates start to matter. And then you look in front of that mirror, and they, that mirror goes, you know, and you look in front, and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm just screwed up. And then you have coaches and teachers 
That's why I wanted to teach and coach. To be honest with you, that's why my, my original, my dream was I wanted to teach and coach football. Because I just know teachers and coaches change kids' lives. Anybody watching The Voice right now? Anybody? For, come on, get with it, people. That's a great show. <laughs> but right now, on that show, there's this, this 18-year-old kid named Trevin whose voice is like, an, I mean, this week he made CeeLo take off his glasses and cry, and everybody, it was just an unbelievable moment. And he's in there because his eighth grade teacher said he'd never amount to anything. So you know what he's saying this week? Phil Collins, take a look at me now. Oh man, it was a moment. Because he grew up with somebody who's saying, you, the mirror he looked and the identity he received was, you're a nothing, you're a nobody. And every one of us in this room, I've shared with you before, I have this stupid mirror that says, loser. <laughs> and you've got yours. And so then we come into the church and you know what the church is supposed to be? The church is supposed to be a community of people who have re- run into Jesus, the true reflection, the only truth, right, is Jesus Christ, who is God. And when you run into Christ, it says he was full of grace and truth. And he comes in, he has no problem exposing all of your junk. And as he does it, he does it with absolute, complete grace. And so what the church is supposed to be is people who ran into Jesus and Jesus exposed all of my sin and he forgave every ounce of it. That's why I've said for eight years, I know this, my life is one big pile of mercy. That's all I am. And once you receive mercy, what do you have to give? Mercy. Once you receive grace, what do you have to give? Grace. And see, but the church, oh my gosh, are we horrible or what? See, this is where we screw up. Many times the church is the ugliest mirror of all. Because we're all like, we think we've got our act together, you know, and we're holier than thou. And we're to- that is, we totally miss the gospel. The gospel is you're a screw up and you got saved by God's grace. And then all of a sudden we go, now that I've received Christ, look how awesome I am. And how come you don't dress like me and why do you have tattoos? I saw you smoking outside here. Right? Uh, we got, we got, we're horrible. And so what happens is you come to church and now you really feel like you're a loser because you can't measure up to everybody else. If I could swear I would. That's how angry that makes me. And that's how angry it makes God. What the church is supposed to be doing is reflecting the reality back to each other so that when we screw up, we get forgiven. So that when our life falls apart, we have grace. But it's not just the grace, you guys. We've got to give the truth too. See, because if you just, hey, that's okay that you're totally, you know, unfaithful. That's okay, you know, that I saw you, you know, I know you drink every weekend and it's, you're totally losing control and you can't, I, that's okay because God forgives you. Does he forgive you? Yes. Is it okay? No. The grace of God that, te- that brings salvation is also the grace of God that teaches us to say no to the stuff that's destroying us. And so what the Bible, the church needs to be is people who've received the truth of God and who will have the courage to give the truth back. And the church needs to be people who've received so much grace and so much forgiveness that that's all I'll ever give to you. And the problem is, you know that parable Jesus gives? He goes, quit trying to take the speck out of somebody else's eye until you take care of the log in your own. You guys know that? See, here's what happens. We all look in the mirror. We come to church and we look in the mirror and somebody turns around and hits us with a plank. Man, that's the last place I want to be, you know? It's like, come on, you guys. Come on. Man, I tell you, when people run in to truth and grace, it'll change you forever.
The adventure with God is an adventure of truth and grace. And it's a venture that we experience it through each other. That's why we gotta have together. So man, put your seatbelt on, okay? Right now, we have a video for you and a story of truth and grace, okay? Watch this. Hmm. I just gotta tell you guys, There's only one reason K2, the church, exists. Only one. I know God called us to to existence so that people like Cherish could find their real identity. That's what we're here for. It's what Jesus came for. Was to save us. And it's a beautiful thing. And what's crazy, you guys, is so you see that in Cherish. People had helped bring destruction to her, right? People gave her horrible reflections back to her about who she was and what her life was. But God also used people to redeem that. It was people who gave her a real reflection, a reflection of Jesus, a reflection of truth and grace combined that helped her to find out her reality and to find the life that she now lives. And here's what's so cool. Cherish is so plugged in. She's over doing connections right now in the red box. Cherish has helped lead in our roots group. She's leading now. The other college students discovering, you know, who, who, who Jesus is. She picked up our kids and took them to the movie yesterday. It's just, that's what that's what's, is available to every single one of us. And so you guys, as we go into this, my wife gave me a great example I'd like to close with. And band, you guys can come on up here. Um, Susie was in a a mountaineering class in college. And one of the things you write, I don't know if you guys have ever done mountaineering or or climbed or anything of that nature, but one of the things you realize is the only way you do that is as a team. You don't do that by yourself. You rope up with each other, right, as you go along. And she said she was actually on Mount Bora, uh, which is up in Idaho. Is that right, babe? The tallest peak in, in Idaho. And there was a ridge that they were walking on. And on the ridge, she, she said it was only about an, an, a foot and a half on either side. One person could walk in like, like that. You, I'm just not even thinking about doing that. That's just stupid. <laughs> but she said what they were trained in was this. That when you're on a ridge, you're roped up to each other. So if somebody starts to fall off on this side of the ridge, do you know what they're trained to do? You jump off on this side. You actually leap off over here. If you don't leap off over there, the person will go and they'll take you with them. (laughs) And see, what's so crazy is, so what God is saying to us in the family, you guys, is we're here for each other. We're here to help each other stay on the adventure with God. And the only way we help each other is that when somebody starts to go off the path, when somebody starts to hear all the lies that we talked about last week, that the enemy is going to consistently keep lying to us. The only way that somebody can stay on this path is God gave us to each other. And we have to jump over here and we have to live holy and right lives so that people can see where they're missing it. And we also need to be full of grace. Jesus came full of grace and truth. And when we reflect that back to each other, we have a chance of holding each other on the adventure. Can I just say a couple things? One, right now. If you are not connected in relationship here at K2 The Church, but you want to be on the adventure with God, 
the only, you guys know, you can come and you can leave on a Sunday and we might not even know you were here. That's why we do Life Together groups. The only way it works is to connect yourself in these smaller groups where we're doing life together all over the valley. At some point, you got to just take that step and say, I'm going to get connected in. Another way to get connected in is just join a serving team. People, sometimes it's life together is a little too scary, and so they'll join the connections team and just be part of welcoming people here. Join the arts team who's doing so, or join Adventure Canyon and just serve together and get to know each other through relationships. But you got to connect your life to each other. You are the body of Christ. We've got to do this together. And then the last thing I'd like to do is we're going to take our offering too if our greeters want to come forward. If you're a mature follower of Jesus, if you're here this morning and you're saying, you know what, I'm a Christian and I follow Christ. Do you guys understand? Do you guys know what your role is? (laughs) Do you understand how critical it is that if you're a follower of Jesus, that you're actually linking your arms with others and bringing them into the family? And I would love, I I just, I didn't even think about this until I was sitting down there. If you're sitting here today and you're like, you know what, I know Jesus and I'm not, and you're not in community here, would you grab that little card that we put on the sheet? It just says, you know, it's the, it's, I don't even, I can't remember what it says on the front, but just that white card, the contact card. Would you grab that thing? And would you write your name on the top and give me a contact information? And just simply, all I'd like you to write down is, Dave, I'll help. Dave, I'll help. If you know Jesus Christ, then you know how important it is that we're part of the body of Christ. Are you being like him and connecting other people in? And just write it on that thing, fold it up, and throw it in the offering bag as the offering goes by, okay? And here's what's so cool, you guys, that we take the offering. It's just, the other thing is so beautiful. Why, in our faithfulness to give back to God, this money is the money that ministers to who? To who? To each other, to the body, (laughs) See, so when we're behind budget, what that means is somehow people in our own body, whether it's our kids suffer in the Adventure Canyon or people in our youth ministry or the people in the community that we try to reach out to, see, what happens is we're all connected to each other. So even when we hold our money to ourselves because we think it's going to be better, that's going to be life. It's not life. And it's not life for the body. So right now, as you give back to God, literally what you're doing is you're affecting the whole body. This is how this works. You are family. You are the body. Let's do this thing, man. And then we'll experience the adventure of God. So let me pray for us and then we'll move. Lord, thank you. Thank you for your truth to us. Thank you for the sword of the Spirit today that just came in and penetrated to our hearts and just let us know if we're not connected, we're not even on the adventure. If we're not connected, if we're not loving each other, then we're not actually doing the only thing that matters. It's our faith in you being expressed in love. Lord, would you help us and help us to give grace and truth to each other, to be a right reflection. Help us to help each other stay on the adventure with you in our deep and sincere love for each other. And God, now just take this offering, take what we give to you and use it for your body, both here locally in our own at K2 use the money that comes in to, to the body around us in this community and use it as we spread it even around the world. God, take every dollar and use it to bless people in Jesus' name. Amen. So you guys, this first song that Mike and the team are going to lead us in because we're going to worship now. And you guys, here's, here's what's all important. Can I just tell you? It is so important that we worship right now. You know why? 
Because I don't have a prayer of loving you like Jesus wants me to if I'm not filled with his love. You all know what that, you know what I'm talking about? If you're relying on your ability to really be great, good luck. Mine's not very good. So we worship him because it reminds us of how much he loves us and how awesome he is so he can fill us with his love. So when you, man, do not leave this building because here's here's what, the first song says, we are here for you, God. We are here for you, God. Well, God says, awesome, if you're here for me, then what else does he want you to be for? I'm here for each other then. That's that's how it works. Awesome, you're here for me? Fantastic. Then here's my command, love each other. But that's hard, God. I know, so worship me. Worship me. Lift your eyes off yourself right now. All you Christians, lift your eyes off yourself. Lift your eyes to God. Be amazed at how much he loves you so that you can start loving each other. That's what can happen in this worship moment right now. So let's stand together. Let's stand together. Let's worship this God who saved us, who's given us amazing grace, who forgives us of all of our sin, and who fills us up with his very spirit so we can be on the adventure.